Welcome back to Blog Access 101. I'm your host, Young Abachi. This is episode 99. Here today with my special co-hosts, uh, Monique, Michelle, and uh, Kayla. Um, this is a woman in sports segment. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Okay. Uh, we'll start off with Monique. Uh, just introduce yourself. Tell, tell the people who you are, uh, what you've been doing, and how did you get into sports? Okay, uh, my name is Monique A.J. Smith. I'm a leadership strategist for athletic departments and uh, sport organizations and individuals who wish to advance in athletic administration and sports business. Um, I'm a 30-year veteran of athletic administration. Uh, I've been a sports information director, a athletic director, conference PR person, Associate Commissioner, Director of Governance, Championships. Uh, now I'm a consultant, entrepreneur, podcast host, publisher of a magazine, and I jump. Great. Diverse field. Uh, Kayla. Hi. Um, so I am the new um assistant director of communications over at conference usa um i just started there in september um and it ended up meeting monique in november sorry i don't even know where we are in the year anymore <laughs> um but uh, i got into sports i am going to blame my dad for making me get into this craziness um sports is just kind of our thing and still is i ended up talking to him for an hour watching the Gonzaga and Memphis game last night, but I, I am blaming him for getting me into this madness. <laughs> yeah, Memphis choked yesterday, but yeah, my hat goes off the other. When I was at uh, Temple doing my internship for my master's program in media, I was like, man, long hours. Whew. So my hat goes out to you guys, sports information. Uh, Nichelle? So I got into sports. I was an athlete uh, all the way through college, but I never wanted to go pro, kind of wanted to do the business side of things. So I am a licensed attorney in the state of Florida now. I am a licensed FIBA agent as well. So that's my current role, um, being an attorney, reviewing contracts, and then the FIBA agent side of things as well. Nice. Uh, so let's get started. Uh, so what are some barriers you face as women working in the sports world? I guess we go in the same order. Start with Monique. Well, I did feel to say how I got into this business. Um, so I'm 54. And uh, I began uh, really in eighth grade. I was keeping basketball scores in eighth grade. Both my parents taught school. Um, and the head basketball coach asked my father, would he allow me to keep scores? And my father was like, nah, he said, no, 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 we'll take care of us. Just sit on the front of the bus, you know, should be good. And so I give credit to uh, Coach Joyner, Ralph Joyner of Sussex County asking my father. So fast forward, I'm in college. I'm a mass media major at Hampton University. On the bulletin board, there is a internship for the CIAA as a PR intern. So that's what I went to college for was to be a PR a person. And I was like, oh, bet, I can do that. I was one of four, the other three were guys. That's been my life, you know? And so that didn't intimidate me. I was like, Psh, I know what I'm doing. And sure enough, 
they didn't know how to do stats. I mean, they didn't even know how to stats. They might have seen the document, but how does it, how was it created? You know, how do you have a percentage? You know, uh, it's not, you don't, you don't put a percentage of the person got fouled. You know what I'm saying? So all of that. And I was like, okay. And I did all the work. All I did was play Nerf ball. We went to work every Sunday. And uh, I would pick the player of the week and the coach of the week. And uh, so that was my, my start. And I didn't really, I, I, I've been a, I was SJA president of high school. I'm always speaking truth to power. You know, I was like, cool. But then when I realized that the student athlete story had to be told, I began to have that advocacy feeling for athletes. And just a little tidbit, I didn't even know. My feeling for athletics is a little bit different uh, because I look at it as a story. So I grew up watching, you probably don't know what I'm talking about, the TV show, The White Shadow. Ever heard of it? <laughs> no. <laughs> go, just go look it up. So the white shadow, the white shadow, the guy, the coach is, is the white coach and the rest of the guys are black and it's in South Central California, set in the 70s. It just so happens that my cousin, Kevin Hooks, was playing in the TV show. So I'm watching it just to watch him and I get hooked on the story of what athletics does for a community, for a young man, you know, how you see it. Did not know. So I'm, I'm watching this like in the sixth or seventh grade. Don't even know that there's such a thing as sociology of sport. You know, what sport does for you. So when I have the ink pen in my hand, that's in the back of my mind. What's the story I can tell that's more than what you see? So I'm a little complex. I'm not normal. Yeah, that's the art of sports writing. You got to paint a story for people that don't even watch the game. So yeah. Uh, Kayla? Uh, so I guess for me, I guess the barriers that I face, I guess I'll start with the personal one. I think for me, it's I'm used to like having all of the confidence in the world, talking to my friends, my family about sports. I'm sure some days they just want to tell me to shut up. Like, that's the easy part. I, I can do that all day. But and I guess the best analogy that I could come up with, it's like think about going to the barbershop on a Saturday morning. That one of the many topics that gets talked about in the barbershop. I, I can walk into a barbershop and be fine having that conversation. That doesn't scare me. It's the having that same confidence, but you know, being able to code switch when I get into a work environment and like exude that same confidence. Um, because I know I know what I'm talking about. Um, so that's the personal thing, but also, you know, being, you know, possibly the only face of color and possibly the only woman as well, like in those spaces as well. And then like, I am kind of like Monique in this sense, creating those relationships with my players. So I can tell that story is important to me, but that is also kind of threatening in some ways when everybody else that is higher and above you doesn't look like you. So you're talking to these athletes that look just like you and have similar backgrounds to you they can't handle that. So it's like, it's a, it's like, okay, you want me to do my job. I'm getting to know the people that make majority of the leagues up, but you don't want me to do my job. Help, help me make it make sense. Right. 
So I guess those are the two biggest ones. Micromanage and all that, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Michelle? So I didn't mention, but right now I'm also a general manager of a semi-pro team in Tampa, Florida for a women's team. And then I'm also the legal consultant for our men's team. So I think for me, um, I've worked in a sports agency prior to getting my own FIBA license. I was COO, moved my way up, but even still, everyone in that agency, a majority of the people in that business are men and they don't take women seriously. You know, they don't think we know what we're talking about. They don't think we know enough. So I think just, you know, being a GM in general for a women's team and then a legal consultant for a men's team, they never really want to hear what we have to say because a lot of the people in the ABA and the WABA, the teams are owned by men and they're run by men. So, you know, that's one of those barriers kind of putting your foot in the door saying, no, I know what I'm talking about. I can sit and talk sports with you all day, football, basketball, baseball, whatever the case may be. But it's always that this is a men's world. This isn't a woman's world. They don't know as much as us. And so, you know, that's one of those things moving my way up, even being an attorney, you know, and a black woman um, attorney in the sports business. It's definitely been one of those things where you have to break down so many stereotypes and barriers of this, you know, women don't belong in this business. This is for men. And, you know, so that's the biggest barrier that I've faced just coming up in the sports business. Yeah, it's kind of like they don't take you seriously. They see yeah. the clientele you have, then you're like, oh, all right. Uh, so yeah, next one. Uh, what advice would you give your younger self or a younger woman trying to break into the uh, sports industry, uh, Monique? Well, you know, I keep re- I keep recalling. I'm not really answering your question. I apologize. So the barriers I saw, I didn't see being the only as a barrier, but. For instance, those three guys and I would have a conversation. They even had the nerve to say, because we were picking the players of the week, who do you think you are, Howard Cosell? So we talk about my college colleagues. So I heard that at what? By this time, I'm like 21. So I become numb to that foolishness. But Let's be honest, I probably developed a chip on my shoulder and I got some comeback for you that make you stop sounding like a fool. You know what I mean? And so what I would tell my younger self is to uh, have my chip mobile, put it up, put it down, because that's a hard burden to carry, having a chip on your shoulder when you don't need to and people you know, you take everybody, you ready to, you ready to go all the time, right. you know? And so uh, w- going from a sports information person to interim commissioner, I mean, not interim commissioner, um, interim athletic director, you know, I had to learn in order to get some of the things I wanted, I had to become a little bit more relationship driven and give people grace. I served on a lot of NCA committees uh, representing um Black folks, uh, women, uh, Division II, HBCUs, you know. And so I began to take on the the piece as I'm representing all minorities who can't be here. And I'll just never forget, I was in Division II committee, and we were talking about the mascots. And Division I had just, you know, put down their hammer. And Division II was just 
talking about it for informational pieces. And I was like, oh, oh, oh wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do we have any Native Americans on our SAC committee? Do we have any Native Americans on our management? I was on championships committee. And championships was the one who said, okay, if you have a mascot, you can't host, okay? So I'm like, no, 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 we're not just gonna run off past this. We're coming back to this. And uh, ironically, there was another African-American male in the room and he felt a little bit uncomfortable. He didn't have the same track I did. He went to a PWI and he had always been there and he was accepted. I got accepted at first because of her, you know, just female represent HBCU. She's not going to stir up stuff. They got surprised. Okay. And uh, I was like, oh no, we're going to look at this. And then when I hit on with almost every African-American person, you know, has got some Native American history. You're looking right at them. So you need to look at this. So, you know, what, 20 years later, you look and see what that does. So answer both your questions, you know, being um, the obstacles and being a double minority, uh, having a chip on my shoulder, I would say, I know that in order to change this, you gotta have relationships and you really can't build relationships with a chip on your shoulder. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, cause sometimes you might, you might piss somebody off that's actually in your corner cause you thinking, you know, they on this, Acting the same way, just trying to don't have your best interest when they really do. Uh, Kayla, I guess I have two. Uh, I'll piggyback off Monique just because she did this for me. Um, I, I agree with that relation, relationship aspect. Um, Monique actually caught me in the midst of volleyball championships um, in November, and that was my third one of the month. And I was only two months into the, my job. I had no idea what I was doing very stressed out but she still made it a point to say hey come over stop by say hello gave me a hug and mind you this is my first time meeting her so I'm like okay why does this, this lady has no idea who I am and she wants to like hug me and we're like all still wearing masks but like I just let her like hug me and I was just like I didn't realize like how much I needed that hug. Like nothing was going wrong. Championship was going smoothly, but like just having been gone for three weeks out of that month, I was tired and completely stressed out. But like, again, having a face that looks like me, clearly as a bunch of experience as you guys heard, like taking the time to hug little old me, like and probably didn't even realize that her, like till now that that like hug like was like okay you're okay you got this so oh I'm sorry I didn't make me cry but like 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 I said she probably didn't know that like it did all of that but again like having somebody that has that much experience wanting to take that time and like develop that relationship with you like I feel like that is very important like let people want to help you like I mean of course use discernment but like you know let people help you like that's what we need um but also like be confident and don't lose sight of like why you got into this industry because it'll try to break you it'll mm -hmm. eat you up and spit you back out and then eat you up again but you can't lose sight of like why you're doing it mm -hmm. Michelle, 
So I'm going to piggyback off of Kayla and Monique. Relationships and networking in this business are top priority because it's some, it's not always what you know, it's who you know. And so, you know, build those relationships, like they said, network as much as you can. And, you know, being someone that worked their way up from, you know, an executive assistant of a sports agency all the way to COO, sometimes you take those jobs that you're like, look, this is not what I wanted to do in this business, but it builds those relationships. It helps you work your way up. You know, now I'm, a, I'm licensed to do it on my own, branched out on my own. I'm an attorney. So, you know, just don't take those no's for no. Take those no's and use them as motivation to boost yourself where you want to get. And sometimes you're going to have to take those gritty jobs that you don't want to do, but it gets you in the door to move where you want to be. So take those jobs. Don't take no for an answer. You know, it's a it's a doggy dog world in this business. And like they said, you have to, you know, remember why you started and just don't give up. It's definitely key with the uh, uh, taking the jobs in the beginning. Some people like to... Uh renege on jobs and not go to it because of what they're paying. I was like that in the beginning and I'm working in Mississippi Valley uh, before I broke out of the sports world. But I, it was like some some of the offers I was about to work with minor league baseball and it was an offer. I was like, yeah, this is crazy. And uh, well, and Monique actually know my mentor, Dr. Livingston, and he had me uh, go teach at Mississippi Valley. So I was like, all right, it makes more sense. But yeah, I definitely understand that. I was, I'll be saying that to some of my students uh, when I'm at UNM now, um, just you know, you got to earn your way up. You're not going to, nobody's going to give you anything. You got to take it. Um, so let's go to the next question. Uh, who's your role model or someone you look up to, uh, Monique? Well, I got three and I did write this down so I would stay on point. Uh, the first one is Jeanette A. Lee. She was the first uh, female athletic director in the CIAA and she was my first boss. So, and I was the first female, first full-time female sports information director in the CIAA. This was uh, 1990. And so uh, watching her um, interact with the students, because again, you go to college to learn your craft, but then when you're working, you see how your craft works, uh, in this case, within higher ed. And she would spend her time, I'm not lying, writing letters uh, to get kids out of trouble and not just the student athletes, like, you know, missing curfew or something like that. And so, and I just remember homecoming, how alumni would come back and just all want to like touch her and be there. And I was like, oh, this is more than just some scores, you know? So then my next uh, uh, role model is Alfreda Golf. Alfreda Golf and I were athletic directors in the CAAA together. She was athletic director at Virginia State. I was athletic director at St. Paul's College. Um, she did not come from an HBCU, so she came um, from the uh, Pittsburgh area, and she was at VCU. What I admired, number one, is that she didn't look down on the HBCU experience. She embraced it. Uh, when you came, when she came into the room, you knew what school she represented because she had on orange and black. The most important thing is that she had the respect of the men uh, athletic director. And the one that got me the most was the commissioner listening to her. And how she did that, she bought, uh, she didn't say you're doing it wrong. She would bring information about what the NCA committee was doing. And in order to get this, this is what we need to do. And so it, it's like informational 
become an information expert on something begins to raise your profile. And I said, oh, that's how she's earning respect of these men. And then she put me on my very first committee and I didn't even know it. She nominated me for a Division II membership committee. And that was when uh, Division II went federated. So we began to have our own committee. So I was on the first committee to, to create the committees. And it was eye-opening. And, uh, and so she always, like I just, you know, uh, Ms. Lewis mentioned, that's how our Frida treated me. She introduced me to everyone that she thought I needed to know. No matter what role I was in, she made sure I got speaking engagements. Uh, she would throw me out there and say, okay, you can swim. I'm going to tell you, you need to do this. So that I emulated that um, in my role. And then thirdly was a lady named Dr. Uh, Carolyn Hines, who was a uh, educational consultant. And I saw what she did. I would hire her for the CIAA to do my senior women's administrator uh, retreats because I saw the women were having a difficult time advancing. And it wasn't because of their skill set. It was because of their soft skills and how they communicated and how they, their mindset. And so that is actually my company, Season Empowerment. I have just done what we did with the CIAA. And if you went to Mississippi Valley, D4 Key, came from those retreats. And almost uh, Ingrid Wicker McCree, uh, Peggy Davis, almost every black woman uh, that came from the CAA, uh, Christine Kelly at Vanderbilt, Tiffany Sykes at um, Dartmouth, all came from the educational professional development training we did in the CAA. And I'm just doing it nationally, following my mentor, Dr. Carolyn Hines, of being a full-time entrepreneur. Right. Kayla? Um, I've got a couple as well. Um, so I guess, you know, somebody that's always seems to be in headlines lately, uh, Jamel Hill. I just appreciate that, you know, she understands that some of her views may not be agreed upon by everybody, but she's not afraid to like stand on them. Like that's what it is. And, you know, she'll write it out and be like, there you go. Um, but uh, this next person, I don't necessarily, you know, count them as a role model, but more as a like a peer, peer that I appreciate. Um, my former um, supervisor at Indiana Sports Corp, uh, which is their state sports commission, um, white girl, blue hair or blue eyes and blonde hair. Um, through all of summer 2020, she just kind of, you know, made it a point to text me, ask me how I'm doing with everything that was going on, still going on during that summer, um, and ended up asking me out to lunch. And I was like, okay, I guess that's fine. Um, as long as we're not going around the corner for me, um, that, you know, safety first. Um, but I, I was like, what, what are we talking about? And she's like, I just, I just need advice. I don't know how to navigate through all of this. And you're the only intern that I trust to you know, be honest with me and, you know, make a safe space for it. And I'm like, so I, you know, took the time. She asked me questions. Um, I mean, granted, there were some things she was confused, confused on, but also, you know, took the time to be like, okay, I've seen you say certain things, but I've, I've done some of those things to you, but you're saying that that's not okay. And I don't understand, like, how do I navigate that? So I appreciate that she 
like again understood you know the environment of like our industry and you know wanted to make sure that she wasn't crossing any lines or boundaries but also you know wanted to be of help like she understood that there was a certain level of privilege on her end where you know okay let me like I know someone that like had like has may not have that exact experience but knows about it and can help me get it together so I mean she didn't have to take that time to do that um but the fact that she saw that she needed needed to take that time with all of the things that were splattered across the screens during that time like okay I, there's clearly something I can do better so I just appreciate that again she wanted to take that time to learn and educate herself Michelle yeah so on an athlete side, Venus and Serena Williams are two people that I've always looked up to, just their grit, their tenacity, you know, gaining that respect in a world where tennis was considered a man's game, you know, just like working in the sports world, it's considered, you know, a man's business, a man's world, you know, just to say, you know, women, women don't really belong where the men are, but they never let them that let that stop them you know they work their way up to the top, you know, gain that respect and then another one. On the business side of things, Agent Nicole Lynn, who is now the president of football operations for Clutch Sports, I mean, she's worked her way up from the bottom to the top. She represents some of the top NFL athletes. She actually represents my cousin um, who played at UNC. So, you know, just her grit, her tenacity, working her way up to clutch, clutch, you know, clutch is huge. So working her way up to being the president of football operations there, you know, just her book, you know, she mentors people. She doesn't, she doesn't hold in that information to herself. She's one of those people that's like, if I'm at the top, I can bring other people with me. And I admire that because not a lot of people are willing to do that. Yeah. A lot of people get scared. Things somebody going to take their spot, but yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, so my next question is, I guess start with Monique again. Uh, what's your dream job in, in the sports? I'm doing it. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I, I would say I would, I think I would like to teach full time. Um, I really, I really like to pour into the next generation, um, planting seeds of empowerment to lead others to greatness. Um, I used to think, which I still think I can and with social media, uh, influence uh, legislation as it relates to sports. Um, and so, uh, again, by, by, by spreading my thoughts, uh, I teach psychosociology of sports at Hampton University, and I teach uh, sports PR, and then next semester, it'll be race and gender and sports and collegiate athletic administration. So when I was teaching that this fall, I felt like on skates, I was like this. Uh, well, what I would usually say, this is a violation, but... Uh, since they're about to change. So I, I just changed my syllabus and just spent the whole time really talking about name, image, and likeness. And I had them to um, examine different schools and what they were doing. And I said, uh, you know, assess it and see what are they missing. And so for your end of the class project was to present what you would suggest um, for most of the time it was branding, how teaching branding to the student athletes. And I was, again, I'm all about grades, but I'm all about helping get employed. And so uh, with that, um, 
that was teaching them how uh, to exert the diversity of thought. Because, you know, people are going to have to have people in the athletic department just to oversee this. So when they would put the shingle out, you about to graduate, say you already have experience doing that because you've already assessed. Uh, you can take all the ones the class did and yours. So you got 20 assessments. Um, and so the other thing is um, I've done these magazines, mm-hmm. right? So the magazine is really to help the next generation. People want to know how I've done what I've done. I've, t- I've taken what my specialized knowledge is and packed it to monetize it. But many of us will say, y'all are younger. You might, y'all think that way. Cause like Ms. Ms. Walden, she just, she doing her thing. But old heads were like, no, I did, I did my job. And, you know, I'm going to be recognized. Like, okay, we're not waiting anymore. We're going to control our own narrative. We're going to write, we're going to tell everybody what our specialized knowledge is. I mean, LinkedIn is nothing but an expert marketing. So you just take it to the next step. And so with this, and it's not about circulation, it's about you using it to get speaking engagements. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can't pay me? Okay, we'll just buy the magazine for everyone. So what I've learned as going from an educator to entrepreneur, I just want to be able to share for everyone else. So I kind of am doing my dream thing, but the things I just mentioned, the things I want to expand, I want to be able to teach full time. And I really want to, I got three of these magazines, Significance in Athletics and Sports, and they're all on Amazon. And I just want to be able to continue to do that. Yeah, what's the link so everybody know when they listen to the podcast? Oh, to my podcast? Oh, Chat in the Garden. Okay, and then the uh, magazine? The magazine's on Amazon, Significance in Athletics and Sports. Caleb? Um, I would love to be back with a team at some point. Um, like I said, I just enjoy being with the players and like getting to know their story. Like I, I love that I know a good chunk of the their names from a conference level, but until I get to a championship, it's like, oh, that's who you are. Like it's nice to see you like in person. <laughs> Um, but like I, I miss being with my athletes. I miss getting to know those random things about them that I can I can't just find out from their school page about them. Um, I mean, again, because I like getting their stories out there. Um, and I mean, I think our intern last week thought I was going to like cry on the sidelines. I saw one of uh, our teams, uh, one of the players, fouled out could just see him like about to blow up on the sideline. I'm like, they might want to get him to the locker room. Something's going to happen. And I'm like, that's not my job. That's not my job. So like, that was hard for me that I couldn't go over there and pull him aside to help him get it together. Um, But like I said, just getting back to the player, that's where my, my heart is. Totally understand that, Michelle. Um, So my dream job um, would probably be general counsel, whether it be for a specific team or a league, um, or, you know, work my way up to being a GM on a more national level, you know, specifically with the Eagles would be great, but, um, you know, somewhere, somewhere more on the national level, whether it be the NBA or the NFL, but definitely want to get to the top where I can bring more people up with me. What is one of your greatest and lowest moments working in sports, Monique? Well, 
it's usually anytime I see someone else reach their desired destination. It's like, that's the greatest. And then somebody, oh, that's the greatest. Oh, that's the great. I mean, that's that's the greatest feeling. Um to to know I had, I planted that seed to help them get there. Um and each every role is something very similar. And it really is. Athletics is nothing but a roller coaster, you know? And uh, I mean, just think somebody went for conference championship, then they go postseason and they get killed. You know what I mean? And that's like in a week's time. So you're up, you're down. And if you start out as sports formation, that really is the best or either athletic trainer because you go like, okay, season, in season, season, in season. And you try to give your 100% to the next group of kids because you don't want, oh, you just all up for basketball. But my season softball here, you and I don't give me that same energy, you know? So you kind of, get that roller coaster kind of feeling. Um, uh, and my lowest would be something very similar. And when I go low, y'all, low and have mercy. It takes me a while. My husband's like, why does it take you so? I said, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. Um, and I will say one of my lowest points, uh, I did capture it in a book um, called Public Figure Mass. Um, and it was, it's the, it is, because when you're in these roles, you're kind of a profile, high profile. I mean, whether you like it or not, you know, and uh, you feel the burden of, I can't, I can't let my hair down. And that psychological piece gets with you. And so, because I had that happen, I kind of hit a wall literally and figuratively. And I said, hmm. I'd rather die than face my boss because I just tore the company car up. And I was like, uh, that's not normal. So I started seeking therapy. And so this is like in 2001, 2002. Thank God we're in 2022 and we're normalizing having therapists. And so that's one of the reasons I do in my consultant. I can tell people want these jobs, man. They want to be the AD. They want, they, they want to be commissioner. And they don't know the toll mentally that you have to go through. And um, it is different. The pressure for the high achiever is different than a person that you see in a corner just crying. It looks like uh, I don't want to go home because no one's at home to greet me. Uh, it means, oh, yeah, I want to stay on the road. You know, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll be the one. It, it, you know, like they said, Robert Williams, the happiest people around, people you need to check them. And so uh, that was one of my lowest part, parts, but it ended up being um, one that set me on the track that I'm on now. I went to a therapist and she said, you need to be around other women just like you. And I said, there aren't. There are women like me who want to be like me, but they're not women on my level that I can be vulnerable with. And so that's how I started the retreats. So the retreat started out as if I'm doing it for the women, but they became, I did it for myself. Because then I can pour into them and then I can be able to, you know, when they say when you're the most depressed, go help somebody, that is the truth. So community helps uh, depression every day, even though you want to be isolated, so you don't want to be talking to anybody. I can, I can tell and I say, look, so-and-so, give them a call with me, I need to talk to you right now. 
So what has been my lowest ends up being my highest because it begins to set my path. Very key, mental health is a very key issue, especially in the black community. So you got taken care of it. Kayla? Um, I think mine are kind of tied together. Um, I ended up getting an internship with the Colts with their communications department right after, uh, well, not right after, right? I think it was the, either the day before or two days before I graduated with my master's. Always a dream of mine. I'm from the Indy area. Um, so I grew up watching the cult. So I let myself have like five minutes of a fangirl moment. Um, but um, I really enjoyed that time like with them. But my internship also ended at the height of the pandemic. Um, so not only trying to figure out what the next step was like in the midst of the pandemic, but like I like was finished with something that I really wanted to do. Um, and, you know, it was always through that whole year, it was a question of like our sports like gonna come back the same, like what does that look like? What is the landscape going to look like? Um, so from May of 2020 through August of 2021, like I was not in the sports world. Like um, I was back working at the mall and I was seeing a bunch of my guys like walking past me and it took them a minute to realize that it was me. And they're just like, you're not with the team anymore. Um, so it's like, they were disappointed that they didn't know. Um, but like, it was even like more of a gut punch. Cause I'm like, okay, you didn't even know I was gone and I'm working at the mall. Um, so like I said, that kind of a high and low, like with the same experience, like at it, like one of my favorite positions that I've worked and then COVID decides to wreak havoc on the world. And now I'm trying to like bounce back and figure out what my next step is. But I mean, learning experience now I'm, in a position I didn't think I would be in full time, you know, out of indie, like first big, big kid move by myself. So, I mean, I have to grow through that, but like at the moment, wasn't too, wasn't too great. Yeah, a lot of people talk about in the sports world, finding a job or doing an internship, and then they were like, oh, thanks for your time. Uh, let us know if you ever need a reference. But, uh, I need a job, but y'all didn't offer me a job. All right. <laughs> but yeah, that's a tough part. Yeah, right. Like it's a tough sport partner, uh, sport where people don't really talk about. So yeah, definitely understand that. Uh, Michelle. So my highest moments um, are definitely watching clients sign their contracts to go overseas. Um, that will always be the highest moment for me, just watching people being able to chase their dreams and me being an instrument and allowing them to chase those dreams. Um, and then my lowest moment would be the person in this, the person in the sports business who gave me a chance, you know, turning their back and, you know, becoming that snake in the business. You know, they say that people will help you to a point as long as you're not doing better than them. And that is, so true, especially in this business. And I watched a person who I thought had my back do the complete opposite when it got to the point where I was getting better than them. And, you know, a snake is always a snake. It doesn't matter who you are. If they will do it to other people, they will do it to you. But, you know, I learned the hard way that 
it doesn't matter who you are when it comes to somebody like that. You know, they're going to the same thing that they've done to other people. You're not immune to it. You're not, you know, you can't escape from it. If they're going to do it, they're going to do it. And I think that was definitely my lowest moment was watching somebody who helped me get to the top, turn their back on me. Cause I didn't, I, you know, I did not think that they would do that to me. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people want to see you doing, doing good as long as you're not doing better than them. I definitely understand that. Uh, it's definitely a cutthroat business for males and women. Uh, so yeah, I totally understand that. Uh, next question, uh, what are some ways men can improve the environment in the sports world for women? And uh, what are some solutions to improve accessibility for women in the sports world? Um, just clearly speak about them when they're not in the room positively. Um, and I had to give you hats off for you for even doing a, such a podcast. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Uh, I mean, let's be clear. You know, most men, oh, they're not any women who know, know this business. Now, I will tell you, I again, planting seeds, um, I have several football players in my class, you know, and they would be, oh, no, ain't no woman can coach me in football. Well, I brought in um, Jennifer King to my class via Zoom. And uh, I watched the young men's minds changed. You know, and it's like, oh, anybody can coach me if they can show me they know what they're talking about. And so I know that this young man will say to his football players, you know, that ever should happen, you know, and hopefully, you know, we even talked about, okay, about the agent. And, you know, it was a male football player who brought um, Nicole Lynn to my attention in class. And so it, it has to be uh, normalizing um, the conversation uh, to include women in the locker room, but in a positive light, not what they can do for you, if you know what I mean, versus what they can do for you and helping you get where you want to be professionally. And I think, um, 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 it, let's be honest, it, it started with men having daughters and seeing the doors closing their face and they go like, oh no, I want to assist. You know, what brings me the best joy is to see men, uh, oh, like my husband. We, we, I remember we went to Charlotte to a, a sports bar and he wanted to see the playoffs, the NFL playoffs. That's always in November. and you, and. you and Ms. Lewis can tell you, I'm a volleyball fan. I ain't know anybody on that volleyball thing, but I had front row seat and I stayed there just relaxing, okay? So my husband said, hey, hey, dude, can you change that channel to the volleyball championship for my wife? I'm only female around. He took care of me. That's what men need to do. Most definitely. Kayla? Um, I'll start with your accessibility question. I mean, I feel like, you know, every male league has all of these forums and workshops. That's nice. I appreciate, mm -hmm. I appreciate it. But like, when those are over, what are, what are you doing for me? Like, how are you, are you handing my business card? Because I've wasted company money to get all of those printed. Are, are you passing those out? Um, are you, did you take the time to actually like, hear me when I'm having that conversation with you? Um, or, or were you taking the time to analyze that, oh, her dress fits really nice. Was she trying to like hook up with me? 
mm-hmm. you know, on the wrong thing, sir. Um, like, did you actually hear what I'm saying? Um, and I think that's another like issue that I feel like guys can do better at. Okay, yes, I am wearing a nice dress. Yes, I am wearing these heels. But that's for you to know that, yes, I can look cute, but I know what I'm talking about. Listen to what I am saying. Listen to the fact that I am educated. I, like I said, I can talk, take the time to talk most men under the table at a barbershop. Not a problem. But you can't get past what I'm wearing. Like, that's not why I'm here. Like, that's not, I mean, it probably helped get me in the room, but that's, that's not why I'm in the room. Um, So realizing that, okay, this woman knows what she's talking about. And I mean, I actually had one of my friends that works at Old Dominion, every, every administrator that he knew at the schools at the conference, he's like, hey, are you busy right now? Do you have time to step away? I want to introduce you to so and so. Oh, hey, I'm not going to be here for this session. But here's so and so's name from this school make sure you go over and take the time to say hello and you know just mention my name so they don't think you're some random person coming to say hello he didn't have to take the time to do that but he realized I was new to the conference and you know these were names and people that I needed to take the time to know so I guess accessibility and like what guys can do yeah you can put on all these nice forms and everything but what are you going to do for me like after that I'm not asking you to give me a job or anything, but are you taking the time to like use your connection to like help move me forward if that's like what I'd like to do in like the next phase of my career? Michelle? So I'm gonna piggyback off of Monique and Kayla. So definitely mentioning names and rooms, you know, behind closed doors. Don't just wait until I'm in the room to say, oh, there's so-and-so. No, do it when I'm not there because, you know, there are times where I may not be in that room and there's somebody there that can help me, you know, get to the next level of my career. But not only that, listen, and not just listen to me talk, listen to the actual words that I'm saying. Take heed to what I'm saying. You know, don't come in with that mindset that, you, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. So I'm going to pretend like I'm listening to what you say. And then when we walk away, that's the end of that conversation. You know, um, I think men also need to be willing to mentor, not just men, but they need to be willing to mentor women because there's a lot of men at the top who can bring women up as well. You know, somebody's, you know, there may be a woman who's more qualified, but she didn't get the job because she's not a man. You have to take time to look at those resumes, look at what this woman has done. Give, you know, give women a chance to show you what they are capable of. And, you know, don't be afraid that she's going to come in and take your job because there's room for everybody. And I think that's another issue. Men, you know, they don't want to make room, but there is room. It doesn't matter how many people are in this business. There's always room for someone else and they may do it better than you, but you are still you. You were here first. You're still doing it. They're not here to take your place. You know, just allowing women to be in that space, give some grace, you know, mentor, do what you need to do, but give grace to allow women to step into that space as well, because, you know, times are changing. It's not just about men, you know, women know sports, women can, like like Kayla said, women can sit in the barbershop and talk to you under the table when it comes to sports, you know. I get in daily arguments on Facebook about football, you know, basketball, whatever the case may be, you know, there are women in this world who know what they're talking about. You just have to give us the space to do it. And then what was the other question? Um, I think that, I mean, that's improving the environment too, mentorship and, you know, just 
giving women that space, talk about them behind those closed doors and read those resumes and actually take time to listen to the words that women are saying. Yeah, I think it's definitely, like you said, talk about women uh, promoting when they're not in the room. I don't know if you guys are on LinkedIn, but sometimes I would see some universities looking at my LinkedIn and I'd be thinking like, how did they uh, find my page? So obviously somebody, like you said, somebody must be speaking my name up when I'm not in the room. So I like to do this more with women, especially with men that's been in their career for a long time, try to mentor women, not just because they look nice, but actually you want them to do better in the field. Uh, so that's just very key to mentor women to get them to the next level, especially if you got the power and you've been in the field for 30 plus years as a male, especially with coaches uh, and um, as well as refereeing as well. Uh, then my last question is uh, thoughts on equal pay. I'll start with uh, Monique. Well, you're gonna probably be surprised when I say this. Um, you can't pay me my worth. My pay is not, um, not equal to that, you know? And because we're in higher ed, uh, you have to embrace that because otherwise you will not give your best self. You will be marginalizing your thought and physically because you have a pissed off demeanor. And, um, and again, Mine is based on my experiences. So my first job as a sports information director, I had a female boss and she tells me that I can't make as much as my colleague because he's married and he's head of the household. So this is 1990. And she's saying what she's been socialized to understand to be the case. And I'm 22 years old. So am I, I've had to deprogram my brain, you know, cause your brain is like, oh, you just should be glad, glad to be in the room, take what you can, blah, blah, blah. So you fast forward 30 some years ago, now I'll say this, um, unless you can put yourself in a position to change that, meaning like Miss Michelle um, uh, has done, you know, be in a decision to, to increase those funds. I believe now I have more than one income stream. So I will not be able to uh, put myself in a position uh, to say my value is tied to this because I have got capability to make money with my specialized knowledge. And let's just be clear. Uh, Mr. Reich, you are a graduate of Hampton University. So I think you feel what I'm trying to say. No, I never know. You, you know what I'm saying? So what I'm being paid is nothing compared to the value that I provide. And um, and I and I actually was asked to come in athletics and I said, well, if I got to stop teaching, because I'm an adjunct, I said, it's a no deal. They look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, no. You gotta stand on what you believe in, yeah. So at a certain point, it's like it ain't about the money anymore. So yeah. Uh, Caleb. Um, I feel like I'm probably in the same boat. I feel like my answer will surprise people. I feel like from 
like an athlete perspective, I mean, I feel like we've got to do a better, you know, go back to that accessibility um, portion. I mean, look at the whole Brittany Griner situation. I mean, right. she didn't be in this situation and she was making a decent amount, decent amount here. But I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the Buick commercial that's going on right now during March Madness, but their spot is, you know, watch her greatness we're not even really seeing women's athletics on tv like that and i mean even going to the conference tournament i mean i know the guys games are you know playing at the same time depending on you know where they are but nobody's leaving work in school to watch a i'm on the west coast so nobody's watching a game at 11 a.m like i'm barely like in the mindset to eat lunch at that time let alone there's a sports game on right now like I mean like uh, the viewership like they're just not getting it but then you also have people in the mindset that oh I don't want my child watching someone like Brittany mm -hmm. them the wrong impression so I mean it's just like you're not creating an environment that you know is one cultivating that you know your daughter you know she may not be on that same path as you know, Brittany um, outside the court, but you're pretty much taking away that idea. Oh, I can be a women's basketball player. But I mean, the fact that we just now are talking about getting paid like maternal maternity leave for women in a women's sport, like, come on now. Um, so, I mean, I feel like, you know, again, going back to the accessibility as far as that athletes is concerned, because again, Brittany probably wouldn't be in this situation if, women were, you know, paid more here. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I guess on the like office side of things, uh, I agree with uh, Ms. Monique, they're, they're not gonna like pay me what I'm worth. Like, I mean, like I said, I, I know what I know, um, but if you can't one, get over the fact that I know that I know these things, that's a you issue, that's not a me issue. Yeah, I think they're saying Brittany Garner's over there for like three weeks before they even said something. That's, you know, that's kind of crazy. Uh, and I, I don't, I don't understand how a lot of these NBA players ain't been saying too much about it, uh, especially when she's over there playing for Team USA women's every year or every four years, obviously. But I don't understand how a lot of people not talking about it. Uh, I mean, you hear Marcus Spears and some people saying something here and there, but if it was like a big NBA player, you know, it'd be over everything CNN. Uh, mm -hmm. Even even probably Fox News, uh, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, I just feel like they need to talk, start speaking about this more, and uh, especially with their uh, sexuality. I know Russia over there is not a might be worse than USA when it comes to that those uh, sexualities. Yes. So Lord knows what's going over there right now in Russia. Uh, so we'll keep her in the press. But uh, Michelle. Yeah. Um... Like I agree, you know, you they can't they can't pay women what they're worth, especially in this business. You know, that knowledge didn't come easy. We fought for it and we know what we know. So there's not enough money that you could pay me to, you know, to hand that knowledge over. But I will say the thing that bothers me about this Brittany Garner situation, when it comes to the NBA and the WNBA, there are people in the position in the NBA who can change the trajectory of the WNBA, but they're not willing. You know, a lot of those teams are owned by people who own teams in the NBA. And, you know, why are we not paying these women what they deserve? I mean, let's be real. Some of these women are play better than some of these men. 
And, you know, Brittany Griner, she makes a million in Russia. And a lot of the other ones who were over there as well, you know, there's no reason. And I will say, even on a FIBA level, I have seen the men make more than the women do. You know, we will have clients, you know, on the men's side who may get, you know, 3000 a month, but then they only want to pay the women 500 a month. And, you know, they still give them the housing and all of that, but 500 a month. And you're giving a men, the men who are basically, you know, the partner team to your women's team, you're giving them almost three times, two times, three times the amount of what you're paying women. And it's just honestly, at this point, something has to change. There should be no reason why the WNBA has to raise money for transportation because the NBA isn't giving them that money for marketing. They're not giving them the money for charter flights. You know, with some one of the teams got fined because they were chartering flights. But let's be real, if we're not giving them that platform, what other option do they have? You can't penalize them if you are not creating that platform for them to advance. That's most definitely. I definitely would have paid that fine. But um, yeah, um, definitely need to open up more branches for WNBA or just women to play overseas. Like I've been saying for longer, you shouldn't have to go overseas to make more money uh, than when you do in your own country. Um, especially like you said, some of these NBA players, I don't know what some of them, why they still even in the league because some of them are actually legitimately terrible. Uh, but yeah, definitely got to get more love for WNBA. I try to watch the games when I can. Hopefully, uh, I guess once Dawn finally retired from South Carolina, hopefully we finally get a team in Philly. So. I don't understand why we don't, because definitely it's a basketball city, but that's a story for another day. That would be awesome. Philly definitely needs a team. Yeah, especially after that Ben Simmons issue. But uh, <laughs> What I'm hearing is if Philly gets a team, we're doing like a reunion show on site. That, that's what I'm hearing. I'm here oh, yeah, for that. Yeah. Like, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, it happens. I would like Dawn Stanley or somebody else is in the Philly area, but Dawn obviously be the prime candidate. But I know she's doing well in South Carolina. But uh, yeah, make sure uh, go uh, start with Monique. Just make tell the people where they can find you at on social media, as well as you got podcasts or anything else that you do. Okay, so this is my commercial time. <laughs> okay, so I like to communicate on LinkedIn. That's why I like to talk. Okay, but I do have a podcast called A Chat in the Garden. Uh, that's uh, aired live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. And uh, we have a private Facebook group that both ladies here are a member of. I'm so glad to actually look at you all. And it's more like a networking piece. And so that brings me joy. Um, and then um, on LinkedIn, again, I'm Monique A.J. Smith. On uh, Twitter, I'm host of chat. Okay. On uh, Instagram, I'm Seeds of Empowerment, which is the name of my business. And uh, I do have a store that has, um, I got a third magazine somewhere. Don't know where it is at the moment. But yeah, I got three magazines. Don't know what the third one is, but they're all on um, Amazon. But the PDFs are in my PayHip store. So that's payhip.com backslash Seeds of Empowerment. Um, and it also has the book that I have, um, Public Figure Mass, in there. Let me see. Uh, Facebook, join the group, A Chat in the Garden with Monique A.J. Smith. I feel like I'm missing something. LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, 
And what else is there? Did I, did I cover it all? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yes. Okay, uh, Kayla? Um, so, well, first of all, I guess I will spell my name because I know it throws some people off. Uh, on LinkedIn, it's Kayla Lewis, but it's K-A-I-L-A. Um, last name is Lewis, L-E-W-I-S. Um, and then on Instagram, I'm at K-M Lewis 2019. And on, I said Instagram, right? Okay, so Twitter, it is K Lewis 2019. Okay, uh, Michelle. Um, so on Twitter, I am at C H E L L E L Y N N underscore X, and then on LinkedIn, I am N I C H E L L E. Last name is W O M B L E, and then Facebook, Shaolin. All right, uh, appreciate y'all coming up. Did y'all want to add anything else? Well, um, you all, uh, Miss Lewis and Miss uh, Wallaby, uh, be looking for me to give you dates for you to be on the podcast. Sounds good to me. I will be there. Okay. Let me know. Oh, and then for sports business, um, you know, if anybody watches, um, you can reach me at agent2, so A-G-E-N-T, the number two, dot Esquire, E-S-Q, at gmail.com. All right. All right. Yeah, appreciate y'all coming out. Thank you for having this great idea. I was so surprised. I was like, ooh. Thank you for having me, yeah. Yeah, this was a nice surprise. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. If you, if you have anybody else that you want to recommend, just send me a message. Yeah, man, come on now. I've been on the podcast for eight seasons. I got people galore. <laughs> so I think I would say this, give a specific category you want to cover, like you were about to talk about certain things. And then I can pick and choose and stuff. Because my Facebook group's got 2,300 people. 90% are women. Yes. So I can help you out. Oh, yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, just send me the group and I, I'll join on Facebook. Oh, so, okay. Robert, everything was good until I saw your Twitter bio that says Cowboys Nation. Um, We're going to have an issue. Oh, trust <laughs> we're going to have an issue. That how you go from Philly to Cowboys? We're going to have an issue right uh, there. <laughs> Yeah, I got questions. Yeah, I got. Yeah, I need answers. <laughs> I mean, I've been a, uh, still refuse to switch to navy blue. Yeah, I've been a big uh, Deion Sanders fan my entire life, so okay. You know, I just stuck with him. Unfortunately, a lot of a lot of uh, twenty plus miserable years, but uh, yeah. <laughs> At least my Philly. You, you were doing good. You were doing good till you got until we got to that when you were doing good. You had me <laughs> at Sixers and Phillies, and then we, you know, in Nova, and then we went there. Oh uh, yeah, man, Nova. Hopefully, we turn we uh pull it off today. Yeah, I'm getting ready to go. Get ready to make some food to watch that game now. Actually, what game are you talking about? Nova, go uh, yeah, Nova. Nova versus Ohio State, especially with Tennessee. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm about to get set for South Carolina. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We appreciate everyone that's listening to the podcast, writing reviews, and sending out the link to other people to listen. Also, we have now have on our anchor.fm slash blog access 101 uh, support where you can send monthly payments of either a dollar, uh, five dollars, and or nine dollars. Uh, no amount is too little. We appreciate uh, what we can get that will help us be able to get big name athletes to uh, interview on a podcast and buy other. Uh, supplies you might need for a podcast in the later future. Thank you.